Will you pray with me? Come, O Holy Spirit, come. Fill these words that they might be pleasing in your sight. Fill our hearts and our minds to receive the message and call that you send to us this day. In your holy name we pray, amen. So I was swimming in a hotel pool a couple of months ago, one of those little narrow things, and I was trying to do laps, and there was a little family at the other end of the, the shallow end, but they were at the other width there, playing with their kids. Their kids were little, maybe three and one. And mom's sitting on the edge of the pool, uh, kind of there at the steps with the little baby. And dad's on the wall where his son is clinging for dear life. Remember that? When you clung to the wall for dear life. And um, the dad and his son want to play with this little Nerf ball, you know, the little soft balls you can play with in the pool. And, but the son's like afraid to let go of the wall. So finally dad convinces him he can hold with one hand and throw the ball with the other. And I kind of would stop at the end of each of my laps to admire this very cute little boy and his very patient father. And then I noticed at each lap that the father was, when he threw the ball back to his son, not reaching the wall. So the son would have to let go of the wall to get the ball. He'd be like, no, Dad, I can't. Dad would, you know, walk over to the wall, grab his son around the waist, and kind of swim him to the ball, and then take him back to the wall. Each time, Dad inching just a little further away, no, Dad, I can't. And each lap, I would stop and listen as the, no, Dad, I can't, got a little less passionate and a little more laughter-filled, so that soon that little boy was having fun just an inch or two away from the wall as he played ball with his dad. It was a beautiful moment to think about this son and this father playing catch in a way that had nothing to do with catch and everything to do with letting go of the wall. But that little boy couldn't have done that without someone to guide him. Someone to guide him to let go of the wall. And so it was for those first followers of Christ. Jesus, their wall, wasn't there to grab hold of any longer. And the entire book of Acts is a story of guidance the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the guidance that those early followers have for one another, the guidance that they have for new friends in the faith, guidance to let go of the wall and swim into their ministry. They had to learn to move forward as the body of Christ without Jesus doing the preaching and the teaching for them. They had to get off the wall in order to do the work they were called to do. And it all begins with the Spirit's guidance. Now, Philip's story in today's reading in Acts 8 is a rather dramatic example of the Spirit's clarity and the power and guidance of directing an early follower. I mean, Philip gets very clear direction. 
Now, I don't know, I, you were reading it so nicely, I'm not sure they were paying attention. So, I, you know I like pop quizzes, right? So I'm gonna let you off the hook, but I want you to think, what did you hear? I, I want you to imagine, do you really get it? I mean, an angel basically appears out of nowhere and says to Philip, get off the wall, go on the road to Gaza. And Philip just goes. Can you imagine? He just goes. He doesn't think, am I crazy? No, he just goes. And then he gets there, and the Spirit points to a very specific place. Go to that chariot. Go to that chariot. That's like going to somebody's car. I'm trying to imagine the chutzpah that Philip must have had to follow that directive. He goes running up to a chariot. I mean, this is like... It's Egyptian, right? I mean, an Egyptian chariot. This is not something an Israelite really should do. Runs right up to this vehicle, without hesitation, starts eavesdropping, and then he interrupts with a question. Do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? Clearly, the Holy Spirit knew exactly what that Ethiopian eunuch needed at that exact moment. And there was this Ethiopian ready to receive the Spirit's directive as clearly as Philip had. Think about the awareness that that Ethiopian slave had to have to receive that question so openly. Now, see, you guys are looking like you're not paying attention. So I got to try this. Okay, imagine you're a busy Uber driver. Okay, you're waiting in LA traffic, which means you're not moving. You're reading some scripture because you're thinking, well, I might as well. Maybe you're listening to scripture on a podcast, waiting to pick up your next client, thinking I'm probably going to be late. Oh, well. And a man whom you've never seen before runs up, knocks on your window. Do you understand what you're reading? I mean, would you open the door and let him in? Because that's what this Ethiopian did. I wouldn't. I got to tell you, sorry. I'm pretty sure I'd lock my doors, make sure my windows were up, and I might even call 911. I'm like, what the heck? But not this Ethiopian. He's so aware. He is so open to the Holy Spirit that he just invites Philip into his chariot and starts a conversation. He not only welcomes Philip, but he welcomes Philip's question and input, Philip's offer to help. How, how can I understand without someone to guide me? How can I get off the wall all by myself? And so the mentoring begins. Philip explains these scriptures to his friend, describing the scripture's relationship to Christ and Christ's teachings. And eventually, they stop for a baptism so that this Ethiopian can become a follower of Christ. This is a story that shows us what it means to be led by the Spirit and to follow where the Spirit leads. This is a story about letting others help guide us into understanding and following the Spirit. And even though most of us, well, at least many of us, will probably not experience 
the Spirit in quite this clear or dramatic a way. If you have, you gotta tell me about it afterwards. But most of us won't have quite that dramatic of an experience. What I will tell you is the directives do come to all of us. God gives us directives. God's Spirit is right here, right now, calling us away from the wall and out into the world of ministry, calling us to swim in the waters of living our faith. This relationship between Philip and the Ethiopian, it's a relationship that can guide us in our relationships, that can guide our journeys of faith as we learn how to listen more carefully, how to obey where the Spirit sends us, and how to recognize that guidance and understand it so we know where it is that we're being sent. So the first and most important step is awareness. Awareness, like that Ethiopian who said, yeah, come on in, I don't understand without some help. Start listening. We gotta wake up and be aware that the Spirit is constantly with us constantly knocking on that door. Be aware in a way that opens your eyes, your ears, your mind, your heart to what the Spirit has to say. Jesus often warned his followers, wake up. He wasn't kidding, folks. Wake up. The book of Acts gives us one example after another of followers who were wide awake, aware and ready to receive the Spirit's guidance. Philip was so aware that the appearance of an angel did not even faze him. Now that's pretty aware. Spirit speaking in his ear seemed like the most natural thing in the world for Philip. And afterward, did you hear the end of the story? Now this really could be the pop quiz. Did you hear what happened at the end? Anybody pay attention? AIM team, you don't get to an answer, because I know you paid attention. Anybody else? Teleportation. teleportation, thank you, a little teleportation. Did you notice it was a beam me up Scotty moment, which I thought only happened in Star Trek. But no, it happens in Acts, a lot of times actually. But here he is, finishes baptizing this wonderful Ethiopian, and then he's just whisked away to Azotus, or how, you pronounced it beautifully, thank you. And he just, Kept on preaching and teaching like this is the most natural thing in the world. Bill, are you ready? In case you get whisked away to Pasadena today, just be prepared. I'm just saying. <laughs> Being that open, Philip is listening at a level that I'm not sure I've ever experienced. And I gotta tell you, most of us will probably not have to endure anything that dramatic in order to follow God's guidance. But all the more reason that we need to be awake and alert, listening and attentive, or we might miss the gentle nudges that God is always sending. Which brings us to the second step of this journey of living in the Spirit and following where the Spirit leads. And that step is to find someone to guide us.
We all need help. We all need help listening for the Spirit. We all need help understanding God's messages because those messages can be confusing otherwise. Following God can be challenging work. How can we know where to go without someone to guide us? Fortunately, the Holy Spirit is always with us, always ready to be that someone to guide us and show us the way. But just in case you don't recognize the Spirit, the Spirit works through all of these people, all of the body of Christ, to help us hear and experience the Spirit's guidance. We are here to help show one another the way. We all need mentors. We all need help in this journey of following God. We all need guidance in this journey of waking up and listening to the Spirit as the Spirit guides us. Today, we get to celebrate and consecrate a very special group of people who were wide awake and aware last January when they came up here and answered the call to become associates in ministry. Talk about being awake. Thank you for being so wide awake, so open to the Spirit's guidance. They were awake enough to say yes, to heed God's call and to follow even though it meant signing up for weeks and months of training. I mean, it was with a great teacher. I mean, they get to be with Pastor Bill, but still it's a lot of commitment. Praying and learning together, growing in their faith, expanding their awareness of God's call and the Spirit's guidance. And now these associates in ministry are ready to come up here and be consecrated into their ministry so that they can become mentors for each of you mentors for this community, someone to guide when people most need to be guided. Philip was mentored by Jesus first, and then he got to learn and grow with those other disciples as they were forming the early church, and all the time they were learning and growing with the Spirit's guidance. It never stopped. And the mentoring always continued. The AIM team, they have been learning and growing together, studying Jesus' teachings, studying ministry and discipleship with Pastor Bill as he mentors them so that they can now become these mentors amongst us. The mentoring just keeps going on and on and on. Just as Philip mentored that eunuch from Ethiopia, these associates in ministry, I hope, are you ready, guys? You ready? A little bit more, come on. Are you ready? Yes, they're ready. They are ready to be available to you, ready to be available as ministry leaders in both this church and the larger community in ways that can bring the Spirit's presence ever more visible, ever more places, ever more available. And they're going to continue meeting together. This isn't a one-shot deal. They're going to continue mentoring one another, working with Pastor Bill, because they are reminded of what these scriptures remind us of. 
We all need a mentor. We all need help. How will we know without someone to guide us? How will we get off that wall without someone to help us swim in the waters of faith? Recently, I was uh, visiting a women's Bible study at a church where their pastor had just resigned. And I guess he'd been attending the women's Bible study. Do you attend women's Bible studies? Nope. I thought it was kind of weird. But anyway, I'm a woman, so I thought it was okay if I went. So I went to this women's Bible study, and these women are working their way through the book of Acts. And it was kind of fun to be with them as they discussed Acts 15 while I was preparing a sermon on Acts 8. But then we got to the end of the study, and they begged me to come back. I said, don't you understand what you're reading? They were really bright. They'd given a great discussion. But they turned to me. I swear they'd read Acts 8. They said, how can we without someone to guide us? Okay, I'll be back next week, of course. They welcomed me into their chariot, and they asked for a mentor, and I'll gladly go. But you all have inspired me to look to their future a bit differently. Because when I go back, I'm going to be looking at those women to see which of them might be called to immerse herself in the study of scripture, to immerse herself in the training she needs so that come next fall, she can be the mentor to guide them. That's what it means to be an associate in ministry, to immerse yourself in scripture, to immerse yourself in spiritual discipline so that you grow in the confidence of faith that you can answer God's call where God needs you most. Of course people need someone to guide them. But the beauty of the early church experience, a beauty exemplified by the AIM team here, is that Christians are called to mentor and guide one another. No one operates alone. No one. Because we are all in this together, helping one another out, helping each other let go of that wall and start swimming with joy in the waters of faith and discipleship. The amazing story of the early church being led by the Holy Spirit, it wasn't supposed to be a one-shot deal in the book of Acts. We're supposed to be living it now. When we really open ourselves, when we're aware, when we are mentoring each other and following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, God can do amazing things. That's when God really gets moving. If only we listen, if only we help one another and respond when we hear that call. When we say yes, then God can really start moving. Amazing things are in store for us when we go on the path that Philip and that Ethiopian eunuch went on. Awake, aware doing it together, mentoring one another, and saying, yes, I'll go where I'm sent. But then i got to warn you. Maybe I shouldn't warn them or they won't say yes. I'm going to warn you anyway, because it's in the scripture. When you say yes, prepare for surprises. 
I doubt Philip was really expecting the beam me up moment of being whisked away to another place, but swept up and whisked away he was. Now, I don't think, I could be wrong, but I doubt you will get swept up and transported to Seattle this afternoon in the middle of a conversation. But you might get swept up and sent to help with the Mariposa mission. Or you might get swept up and sent to teach at adventure camp this summer. Or you might get swept up and sent to say yes next winter to joining associates in ministry. I'm telling you, when you really start listening with a wide awake heart and an open spirit, God will speak. Because God's Holy Spirit can really get moving in surprising ways when we start listening. So wake up. I'm going to make you start doing jumping jacks. Wake up. Be aware. Listen up. Because God is speaking. The Spirit is moving. It is time to get off the wall and start swimming like these associates in ministry have gotten off the wall and are starting to swim. Just like that little boy at the hotel pool. As I turned for my final lap, I noticed something different ahead. My lane wasn't clear any longer. There was a little boy in my lane, laughing and splashing and dog paddling toward the ball, saying, look, Daddy, I can. May we say, look, Daddy, we can.